Michigan Soccer Central. Hello, listener. You found the latest episode of Michigan Soccer Central. I'm your host, Robert Kerr, here with you. And uh, this is Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, the uh, source for all things soccer here in the Great Lakes State. Taking a look at the game and finding perspectives from the professional levels all the way down to youth and everywhere in between. From young players being recorded, uh, recruited <laughs> to coaches to scouts and uh, to those in the media. And tonight we have a two-part episode with some visual media folks. In part two, we're going to speak with uh, Detroit City FC staff photographer John DeBoer. But first to hit a lot about uh, some, some of the weekend's events and especially the Midwest Premier League. He was uh, there on the scene for the deciding match well, at least they decided the championship, that is. Mr. Kyle Clayton, hello and welcome to Michigan Soccer Central. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you. You've been doing a wonderful job shooting video of the inaugural Midwest Premier League season. And you were there at Keyworth, yeah. Detroit City FC's U23 team, kind of the runaway leaders of the table. It's a straight championship, no playoffs. We can hit on the, the, the playoffs in other leagues a little bit later on, but I want to hear about this weekend first. Lansing Common in second place, and they pretty much had to win the game to stay in the hunt. Tell us what happened at Keyworth this weekend. Yeah, so the the scenario was Lansing needed to to really they needed to win that game. They needed a, if they were to get a point, uh, it would have gone to goal difference, but Detroit would have had that. But um, yeah, Lansing it was kind of a must win for either team. Uh, because Detroit having BIH in their next game, it's not the easiest. But um, no, yeah, Detroit City, very, very good, obviously, all around as a club. But their under-23s really, really held up to that, and they they performed incredibly this season. Uh, very, very good performances from them throughout the season. They had one little one little blip up in Lansing, actually, for the uh, the away game uh, against Lansing Common. But other than that, no, they've been, they've been runaway champions all season. So kind of take us through the the narrative because it there there was definitely a story within this game. Yeah, no, within the game it was it was it was KG to start off. It was KG to start off and then uh Detroit scored first and Lansing immediately followed up with that right before the break. Um so it was 1-1 heading into halftime and then the second half got started with a crazy crazy 15 minutes. I was speaking to speaking to Dan uh who also does stuff with uh, Michigan Soccer Central and he, he, we were just having a chat about it on the side of the field. That was like just the craziest 15 minutes that could have started off the second half. It was um, Lansing scored first, and then Detroit within within 10 minutes responded with two more. Um, I think it was uh, Zion Beaton got two of them, and then uh, Keith Larson got the third to to really finish it off, and that was the deciding goal. But yeah, very a very good watch for the neutrals and a, a lot of fans actually traveling for Lansing and a lot of fans showed up for uh, for Detroit as well. That's that's not a surprise. That's awesome to hear that the common fans traveled. Uh, did they make uh, air appearances throughout the season? Yeah, yeah, they um they actually did very well to to do to fill up their their home stadium, Eastern Stadium. I didn't I didn't go to too many of their away games this season, but yeah, the games that I was at um, Eastern Stadium down in Lansing was. They they showed up. They did. They really did show up. And some of those days were like, one of them was ninety five degrees, I think. And it was, and everybody still showed up. It was great. Yeah, this summer soccer season is pretty wild. The first game of the season in May are, are cold, 
and then they get crazy hot or they get uh, <laughs> delayed yeah. by thunderstorms. Yeah, just just many of the caveats of American soccer system here. But yeah, so so uh, an exciting game. Clearly, Detroit, the class of the division. Mm-hmm. There's a few games still to go outside of the teams we already discussed. I guess describe w- w- how you've spent your season. Uh, tell the people what, you, what what you've been doing. Yeah, so I've been doing basically the um, match of the week features. Um, we've been kind of focusing on one game, one game per match week of what's for Midwest Premier League for Midwest Premier League yeah yep um of what's gonna be kind of like the most exciting game like with the most like implications to the table etc um but yeah it's been mainly focused uh Detroit has been one of our focuses uh Michigan Stars U23s as well they were um kind of one on our radar at the beginning of the season um they haven't really performed too well throughout the season but um but yeah Lansing has has done very well. They're sitting second in the table, as you mentioned. Um, and BIH was a, a surprise package. BIH Grand Rapids were have been very good, and they also still have a chance. They have a chance to finish second in the table if they if they play their cards right, and if Lansing loses a few more. But no, yeah, it's it's been a very fun season in the inaugural season. We've we've really got a good a good base to build on now. It's it's it looks like, and I've compared it personally to. The, the old NPSL days when things really were looking looking up and it, it kind of feels like like those times again. Like a whole division just filled with Michigan teams that are all very competitive and could potentially, you know, form like a rival type relationship. Yeah, we've, we've got plenty of rivals within the league already. You talk about Detroit City and Michigan Stars. Obviously, that's a rivalry to, to start with. Um, and we've seen rivalries form with with BIH and West Michigan Bearings. They they've developed their Grand Rapids Derby. Um, which has proven to be very, very interesting. Uh, the first game happening a few weeks ago was was very physical, very tense. Uh, it, it had a lot of drama to it. Um, and yeah, we've got Lansing looking to make enemies too with uh, Detroit. They've been very antagonizing uh, on Twitter, a lot of their fans. But it's it's fun. It's very fun to have these, these rivalries. They add a lot to the game. And to, to have a league that well, at least the Eastern Division of the Midwest Premier League focusing on Michigan, it's it creates that. It creates the rivalries. So how many games were, were, were you watching throughout the season so far? Um, So I've been to about a game a week. Um, oh, literally, like literally yeah, you're yeah. going to the game right, of the yeah, week. One, the one. It's usually one game a week. Sometimes we had two, uh, depending on how the schedule played out. Um, if, if there was just a really good game, we weren't going to miss it, you know. So I, I've been trying to get to as many as possible, you know, just, you know, just to watch some too. I've been to a few others just to watch, but yeah, it's, it's been fun so far. Hey, that's very exciting. Uh, what was the, 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 the location and the team that uh, surprised you the most? You, you did mention BAH already, but uh, so far, what was your place, favorite place to, to, to travel to, I suppose? Uh, Keyworth is always great. Keyworth is always one of those stadiums that you just love to go to. But, um, I, I do have to give credit to Lansing Common. They have a great, great venue in Eastern Stadium. It's brand new facilities, actually. They built it for the high school and, um, the high school hadn't gotten to play on it yet. So Lansing Common actually played the inaugural sporting event there, um, because the high school hadn't gotten to use it yet. So it was, that's a very good venue, all brand new facilities, um, in terms of teams, though, I would say I would say one of my one of my biggest surprises and one of my like favorite teams to cover is uh, West Michigan Bearings. They have a good good project going on there. 
Um, they had a really good start to the season. They kind of tailed off, though. Uh, didn't didn't get a few results here or there in the middle of the season. But they're a good, good group of guys, and they've got a great, great head coach in Dave Hertel. And they're, they're guys that have been together since college. So you really you really expect there to be some sort of cohesion there. And there is. It's it's a great watch when they're all they're all on form. I uh, have spoken to a few members of the league thus far, but I, I have yet to to speak with the bearings. Um, I speculated with uh, one of my co-hosts, Brooks, early in the season when they were getting those surprise results. Uh, I anecdotally uh, speculated, do you think that they got those early results because they did have that relationship early on in the season? They were all familiar with each other while the other teams were still being built? Yeah, I do think that that plays a part into it. Um, they they had those really good results early on and they actually have been recently doing very well too. Um, they just beat, um, I think Michigan, yeah, Michigan stars, uh, six to two away to stars. So they, they have it in them. They, they just need to need to all have need to be all on form and it just needs to go right for them. And, and they'll, they'll do very well next season. I believe. That's, that's very exciting that there's so much going, so many positive teams on the west side of Michigan. While we're talking about the Stars for just a second, I followed their their NISA season, uh, less so their U23 side. What what was the narrative to their season this year? They they started well, and as I said, they were like kind of the ones we were keeping an eye on to kind of promote matches of the week because we expected them to be in the thick of it. But um, yeah, they started well against some of the lower teams in the division, and then it seems like. They they played that game against Detroit City where they lost two one and it, it ever since then they just have not really hit top form. I think they're sitting fifth in the league right now out of out of eight teams, so not really not really going their way this season. But um, I they've got good facilities, they've got a good they've got a good setup. So I think I think they'll be back amongst the thick of it next year after they after they like reevaluate and and kind of get things get things sorted on their end. How many games are remaining in the season? I, I looked at the schedule. I got an email from Lansing that their final game is July 31st. And I was curious, how has it affected that the college players at the summer league teams are kind of getting recalled back? I know at the, the end of the OCFC season, you know, there was still at the beginning of July, players were beginning to be, um, yeah, you know, held back or called back from the universities. How are these uh, rosters holding up to, to, to those callbacks? Well, I've noticed specifically with um, specifically specifically with uh, Detroit when I was there last weekend uh, or this past Sunday, actually, um, they I was talking to a few of the staff members there and they already were getting players called back to their universities. So I think with, in terms of like the under 23s teams, the stars and Detroit, they obviously have mostly college players. So it's probably going to affect them a little bit more, but um, yeah, teams like Lansing also have the college players too. And all the other teams in the league have players that play in college. So it, it, um, it certainly is interesting to see how it weakens squads. Detroit didn't seem too weakened by it, but um, that's, that's a depth matter and something that Detroit has obviously considered, but yeah, it's, it's something that'll, that'll be interesting for next season too, to see how the schedule is going to be and see if we, we run it this late next season. Yeah, definitely interesting because like I said, the other summer leagues are in their post season and uh, kind of a note here. Uh, <laughs> I meant, I meant to say it at the top of the show, but I got excited and jumped straight into our Midwest Premier League talk, but uh, Kalamazoo FC still alive in the USL League Two playoffs. Uh, they beat Corpus Christi on Friday, and in Mississippi Brilla on Sunday, 
and are set to play in the conference finals Friday versus Des Moines. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I wonder what their their um, lineup looks like. I talked to some players over the weekend, and they said if they would have made the playoffs, they would have made the first game, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have probably even been able to play on the Sunday game. So, so I guess that just brings up the point. Midwest Premier League is going – straight championship you know first place wins the wins the thing and then you know that's it and it's done between the players callback and the travel and where we saw what on twitter i saw the minneapolis city you know they, they made the next round and they have a you know a thirteen thousand dollar travel bill or something like that what what's your take on you know it's ex- playoffs are obviously exciting and teams get to have these experiences and go around all the place. But do you think that's like a double-edged sword to a degree? Yeah. And I think that's, I think it is a double-edged sword. And I think that's why Midwest Premier League in their, in, in their inaugural, inaugural season, they went this route of doing just a straight championship is because we didn't really know how it was going to affect us in the Midwest Premier League. So we just decided maybe just end the season, do a straight championship. That, that would be easiest. So we don't have to deal with all these, these college players going home, going back to their colleges and, and all of the travel fees. Obviously, when it's just in Michigan, it's the travel fees aren't the biggest issue. But um, yeah, with with college players going going back to their campuses, it's it makes it difficult for teams to kind of have the have the same same sort of energy all season. I'm big on the best team winning the championship, but we've uh, the, the the teams that we've been discussing make up the East Division of the Midwest Premier League. There is a whole a whole another right. set of teams in the West Division, and they have their own champion too. Do you think maybe it wouldn't be too crazy if there was a way to subsidize maybe a championship game between the two? One more game is not too crazy, is it? No, I could I could definitely see that happening in the future. I think um, an East versus West would be very fun, and as the Midwest Premier League grows, we could we could potentially see even more of a more of a playoff or. Something, something along those lines. Something along the lines of just a championship in general. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely something for the future. Uh, knowing this is the first season, it's it's was really just like kind of a let's see how this does and see how we can build on it for the next season. I think that's what kind of our approach was this season. So I hate to put you on the spot, but in this hypothetical championship game, who who's the top dog out in the the, the West Division of the Midwest Premier League? Ooh, out from the West. It, it looks right now, I've been following the West. It looks like it's between Bavarian or um, Adria. Uh, so to see one of them, see one of them play Detroit City would be, it would be quite the game. Uh, I think we could be in for a really fun one with that. That's interesting that the West Division has the, those old clubs uh, that, that really hold so much weight. And then a lot of the, almost all the teams over here have a, a much shorter history. So that's a cool juxtaposition of, you know, some of the, the most exciting new teams versus some of like the, the stalwarts of the game in the, in the Midwest of the country. Yeah, we're, we've got a lot of a lot of um, teams in the Eastern Division that are like either brand new this season or recently founded within like the past few seasons. So it's, it's very fun and it's, it's very exciting. It's not the old guard that's kind of bringing the Midwest Premier League in, but we've got a whole whole new set of faces, which is great. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And in another piece of new Michigan soccer news, Lansing United, the UWS side, releasing a statement within the last 48 hours saying that uh, they've ceased operations. Mm-hmm. Do you have any take on that or where uh, Lansing uh, – women's soccer goes from there you know it's it's always bad when a team loses or a a city loses a team Uh, but 
you know, I think Lansing is in good hands. I think Lansing Common, they, they put out a statement, Lansing Common did, about wanting to do wanting to do the city right and and taking over that. So it looks like Lansing Common are going to take over the women's team, which which would be very cool. But um, I, I think Lansing's in good hands, and I think they've got the right people um, leading the charge. And so just in general, uh, I believe you reside out near by, by Grand Rapids. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Just an hour north, yeah. So we, we spoke with the guys from Grand Rapids FC just a couple weeks ago. I'd like to, I don't know if you listened to that show or not, but what's your take on the direction that Grand Rapids FC is, is in this at this moment? No, I actually I actually must have missed that show. But um, yeah, Grand Rapids FC, they, they went the USL route, which, which is interesting um, in a time when everybody else was going somewhere else. It, it, it seemed like kind of a, um, not, not necessarily the wrong decision, but it certainly was interesting to see um, them go USL when Detroit was committed to the NPSL pro. Um, obviously they, they're not alone in the USL route, but um, it, it's, it's interesting to see when the, the owners were so adamant about independent soccer in the past. Yeah, it's true. That the decision to go to USL was, I believe, in 2019, and that seemed like more at, at, at odds then than it does now after a year when there's like a, almost a half a dozen Michigan teams in that same division. So that decision, kind of like the the perception of it, kind of changed at least on this side of the state. At the time, it definitely was a surprise, mm-hmm. and and so around town, I, I know a few years ago, and the, the the guys that are in charge now, you know, they reference the old days quite often, trying to restore it. Like, do you think that that's possible the way it's going, or do you think that teams, other other teams in that area, uh, are going to take it up, or is kind of enthusiasm just waned? I think Grand Rapids has a great great soccer potential. I mean, we've got Grand Rapids Football Club, who at at one point in time, they were recruit- They were um, pulling in like five thousand fans a game for a season, and that was that was great. I was one of those fans. It was it was a wonderful atmosphere. Um, we were like rivaling Detroit City at the time, but that obviously only lasted a year. Um, what happened to that uh, is is there's a lot of elements to it, but I think that it could be restored at some point. Whether it is GRFC who does it or it's a West Michigan bearings or a BIH, it remains to be seen. But I, I think it's it's definitely there, and it just needs to be tapped into. Do you think that those teams like the bearings and the BIH, do they have the ambition to create something like that? Uh, I have I have personally talked to a few bearings players who, who seem to have that ambition. Um, but uh, it's it's just all about making the right moves and doing things at the right time. Would they would the bearings have to change the location? Do they have like a, a like a, a a location that or a venue that w- could be a popular sort of a place? Yeah, I I think that whoever whoever makes that move, whether it is bearings or BIH, um, or if it's a completely separate entity, um, I think whoever it is would need to get sort of into that downtown location where where you can just kind of pull people off the street and say hey here's some soccer because where where bearings play right now where bih and even where grfc plays right now it's kind of out of town it's not really you know you kind of have to make a make a trip out to it you know so it's it's not going to just drag people there itself you know yeah the ownership was were, were kind of intimating they, they spoke, said a couple of times they kind of want to be like rubbing shoulders with the grand rapids griffins and and right be in that sort of mm-hmm. club yeah. So it's 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 the race it's the race to downtown. Yeah, I think that's what it is, and I think that that soccer in the city needs to 
kind of make it downtown because that's that's where everything is. That's where the Griffins are. And we've seen how well the Griffins have done in town. It's it's great. So I think I think soccer needs to make that same move. Yeah, I'm not sure if Grand Rapids makes those those lists, but it definitely from my my experience is definitely one of like the the best minor league sports town. Mm-hmm. At least at least around here, they they definitely get behind it whatever the uh the designated classification. Before I let you go, one thing I like to to ask passionate soccer people is what is the best goal that you've ever either scored yourself or seen in real life? Oh, I I actually it's it's going to be a Lansing Common FC goal um, that I was actually I actually was covering this one for the Midwest Premier League. It was oh gosh, I forget the player. Oh man, it was was it Shadi Omar? No, it wasn't Shadi Omar. Actually, I want to ask you about him. Actually, I, I've been every time I, I I look up a Lansing game, he he he's somewhere in the uh, the scoring he, line. He's a great goal scorer, yeah. But uh, he's gonna he's gonna hate me when I forget his name. But thirty five yards out against Detroit City FC, it was in their in their big win over them at Eastern Stadium. But it was it was a rocket. Keeper had no chance. So the best goal you've seen in real life came this year, huh? Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. Oh, very awesome. Well, Kyle Clayton, thank you so much for your awesome work covering uh, the Midwest Premier League. Thanks for hopping on the show with me tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. This is Michigan Soccer Central. I'm Robert Kerr, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming a special guest who has literally had his eye on Detroit City FC from its very origins, the very first games up until the championships now. I'm very glad to say hello to DCFC's staff photographer and very much a must-follow on Twitter this summer, Mr. John DeBoer. How are you doing? I'm great. Great to say hi to you. I'm great. Thank, thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about this year, and then we'll go through uh, kind of the, the wonderful history of it. So you've been with Detroit City FC from the very start. There's a lot more teams than there has played under, you know, with the, the with the badge on, wearing the jersey uh, in the mm-hmm. club. So were you shooting every single team, every single game this year? I didn't photograph all the U23 or the second with the women's second team. I photographed two of the U23 games that were directly before the NISA games. But other than that, all the NISA games and all the uh, US UWS won. Much different summer than in years past. Can it uh, tell me about uh, how this, outside of just the volume of how many teams and how many games there were, how was this year different than those in the past? Yeah, it's it's definitely been a lot busier, which... I'm not complaining about it's you know what I love to do I have a lot of fun doing it so I'm glad to have more opportunity opportunities to do it and actually you know before this season I was fortunate to also shoot for the league NISA with the Legends Cup in Chattanooga as well as in the fall I did the uh, fall tournament here in Keyworth so through that I've been able to sort of um, focus on my freelance work which before you know I've worked nine to five um so right now I'm kind of focusing on freelance, which has been great. One of the obvious differences, well, 
not really different from the past couple of years is that is how good this team has been with uh, Trevor James. So, and then of course this has been the first full season for the women. So it's been uh, two pretty special seasons for both teams to photograph. How did this all start then? So you're here now and your primary uh, subject obviously is the team. And did I have that right? Are you the, uh, the staff photographer? Yeah, like official on staff, and then you and then you said you freelance. So you're is that selling to other outlets that want uh, pictures for Detroit City? Then just it mainly just for DCFC and NISA, but I do some other freelance work like architectural and event photography. But DCFC has been you know my biggest biggest client. You could say I'm not a not a full time staff, part time freelance with the team since like you said, since the first season. So I, you really stepped up in kind of my my sphere this summer. I, I kept on seeing these unbelievable, unbelievable uh, Detroit photographs, and I kept on always coming back to your account. So I'm like, all right, I'm following this guy. And I so many incredible images. And I'm not surprised to hear you mention architecture photography and your, your other work. And because I feel like there's multiple kind of characters you, you dwell with. You have the the supporters, the players, but you also kind of the buildings uh, in and around are, are, are definitely seem to be part of what uh, you, you capture. Mm-hmm. And that that's what's been special about Keyworth as far as the whole renovation project. And that, that kind of leads into what going back to how I got involved with DCFC is um, in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you said your very first shoot with Detroit city FC was the very first Detroit City FC game? No, actually, um, I didn't even know from the start that I would be shooting the games necessarily. It's funny, I'm, I had never shot sports before DCFC, so I'm, I'm kind of an unusual fit at first, but um, obviously it's become a big passion of mine and probably the biggest thing I shoot. But um, from the start, my professor was doing... I had recently graduated from Lawrence Tech. My professor was doing their website and he recommended me to do a promotional shoot. So the, you know, I met with the owners, kind of hit it off right away. We both, we all have the, share the same passion for Detroit, which is kind of what led to the first shoot is they wanted to showcase the team like around the city, which is that first photo you see. That's kind of the, the photo that I had envisioned for the shoot is that there's that hill by the riverfront to kind of show the players with the skyline. Yes, let's bring that up. So we're going to post this along with the show. Uh, John uh, sent me along three uh, of his uh, hand-picked uh, photographs that he has taken about the team and kind of uh, as a way to guide us through his story coming the whole way with Detroit City FC. So we'll post these along with the podcast, probably in the comments below or something like that. So we have three photos and so we're going to go linearly. So John is describing photo one, uh, the one of the Detroit skyline. Yeah. And that was, you know, when I, after I met with them, I started thinking of locations. They kind of leaned on me as far as picking out cool locations to do this shoot you know we also did some in the studio um actually at pony ride detroit but that was kind of they sort of leaned on me that was kind of what i was focused on at that time was just shooting cityscapes in this in detroit yeah it's it's a striking photograph you have the, the the grassy hill in the foreground and then just coming over the top is the mass of the the skyscrapers and the the blue sky is so big and and uh, the three the three guys uh, playing keepy uppies yeah. there, uh, 
uh, kind of obscured, but um, mm-hmm. definitely a focal point standing as almost as tall as the Renaissance Center mm-hmm. there. And so, so you uh, got into this just thinking this was a one day thing. We'll k- take some nice photographs for their launch. And then, yeah, that's, that's kind of then... what I thought. I didn't know exactly, had no idea what it was going to lead into sort of in the same way. I don't think many people knew how big this club was going to get. And so at this point, uh, when this photo's taken, the rec league is already well underway. Yeah. Uh, I think the DCFL they said was around for two years or a year before that. With Sean Mann, Alex Wright, Todd Crop, and Dave Dwayhe, five guys who started the team. And um, so, what you don't see in the photo is that was in February, believe it or not. We were lucky to not have any snow. The guys kind of took off their coats just for the photo and then ran back in the car. <laughs> That's very cool. I think they look like they're wearing shorts as well. Yeah, they they braved the February temperatures. Uh, at least at least it was sunny out. Though. So this was a promotional uh, item before uh, the NPSL team started. Yeah, I think you know within that week they shared it on social media and started to uh, gain interest that way. And then, but after that shoot, it was pretty casual. You know, they were like, "Hey, if you're interested, you know, come out and shoot." Uh, the first game and see where it goes from there. And then I've been uh, shooting every home match since then. Yeah. So tell me about that first game. You went to one game and then you've been to, <laughs> you just kept coming. Yeah. So, so what grabbed you that first game you went and shot at Cast Tech back um, in what, 2012? I think just as you get, if you've seen the photos, the Northern Guard was there from day one. Supporters were there from day one with the scars. The first goal, they, lit off smoke bombs uh, i think they were just plain white so obviously not as crazy as it is now but the way the owners kind of sold it they're like yeah it's gonna be a small crowd we're just getting started small team and then as you see even from the first game it kind of exceeded expectations it was definitely not uh <laughs> a small deal at the at the start there so 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 what grabbed you you were just you were just surprised like oh you thought it was just going to be you know, a couple, a handful of people in a game, and that was that. The crowd is what uh, surprised me the most, and then you know, just to see how it's grown from that. Even over that first season, it grew every game. I think. And then, so, so you just that you you took pictures that first day. They 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 bought some from you, and you had some fun. And so, was that um, kind of the pattern? Well, like they so, they hired me. You know, they hired me to do the the first shoot and hired me to shoot the first game and then I think we kind of you know agreed let's let's keep it going for the rest of the season and then we've kept it going every year so that sounds like that's a beautiful uh tale of a uh, meeting minds and arts at the same time yeah. and so 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 kind of I guess uh, we go to the second picture, which is the first season, because I moved back from Chicago in 2016 so I only know the um the the keyworth chapter of Detroit city. So before we get to the next picture, which is a famous one at the very early days of um, Detroit city in Hamtramck, tell me, um, can you tell me more about uh, what you saw and, and what you shot and what the, what the team was? Cause like, like I said at the intro, you've figuratively and literally had your eye on the team and the club and the people around it. Can you fill fill me in on that and that 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 Cast Tech chapter, please? Cast Tech. I mean, to start off, what I loved about Cast Tech was the view of the skyline. Um, 
which kind of goes back to the first shoot with the skyline, but almost an even better view from there, actually. Just being there in the heart of Detroit was is pretty special, and kind of seeing that view of the skyscrapers. You know, beyond that, just how the Northern Guard would pack into that far side of the stands. Like, if you if you look at those stands compared to Keyworth now and how much space there is, you wouldn't believe that they all fit in there, to be honest. Just the atmosphere there was incredible, but I think Keyworth took it to another level in its own unique way. So the, the, did um, the, the crowd just get bigger and bigger, or it was just always packed from like literally the first day? Yeah, it wasn't packed the first game or the first season. I think probably tw- around 2013, 2014 is when it started to get huge. So I, I don't know offhand record uh, attendance. Oh, yeah, I'm not asking. <laughs> just, just I guess from your perception, just as you, you get your, your eye on the field, eye on the stands and surrounding. So so there, there's a, a, an excitement growing, and you're surrounded by all the, all the buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, you have uh, an appreciation for, and it's it's getting bigger and bigger. But so you so you said Keyworth took it to another level. So it was just uh, it just, they just literally outgrew it. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fifteen, probably almost every game except for like exhibition games where stands were packed. Actually, that reminds me now. There were games they had to turn people away, and I have some photos of people standing on blocks. I think parking blocks at on the other side of the fence, just watching the game from outside the fence. So that's. That's how crazy packed it got. So definitely the the move to Keyworth was needed, and it's awesome they made it happen. Was it 2015 or 2016? Detroit City FC uh, makes the move to Hamtramck to historic uh, Keyworth Stadium. And picture number two is a, an iconic uh, a celebration. Can Why don't you um, describe picture number two for us? Yeah, I feel like this photo is kind of once in a – I don't know if I should say once in a lifetime, but I don't know if I, I'll i be able to replicate shooting a celebration, and it was in stoppage time, tied 2-2, I believe. And, you know, Northern Guard had already had the smoke bombs going, and Tyrone Mondi hit that shot as the famous Neil Rule call, Mondi with the right foot. You know, that's the funny thing about sports photography is a lot of times I'll think about shots I miss than ones I made because sometimes I'll, I won't be in the right spot. Some of it's knowing where to be. Like, obviously, I want to be near the goal. Some of it just comes down to luck in right place, right time. And just what I love about that shot is just how all the players kind of laid out around him. Like, that's something you just can't plan. <laughs> and definitely the uh, the smoke bombs add to the atmosphere in the background. It really is incredible. Tyrone Mondi, like, crouching down, you know, he's almost, like, got his arms out flying while he's, like, got a semicircle around him of players from both sides reacting in extremes of both joy and, and despair while, uh, there's, yeah, wild celebrations in the background with smoke and a banner that kind of looks like a like a blazing sun to a, in a way. It, it really is. It is. There's so much to see in this in this photo. It's incredible. When I think back on it, it's amazing. It uh, came out because, as much as I love the Keyworth light stands, the classic Keyworth light stands, they aren't the brightest. So that particular area of the field is a little shadowy. So you can kind of see like half of his 
faces in shadow. I feel like shooting at Keyworth definitely can post some cha- at night can post some challenges, but that's also kind of what what I love about photography. Yeah, so speak to speak on that while we're on the topic. So, what is kind of like your your approach, or what what's your process to 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 getting the things that you're looking for? Kind of just, I think it comes with experience. Like I said, just, over time you kind of get to know the best spots to be, and also how to anticipate where the action is going to be. I don't always get it right. There's definitely been tons of shots I wish I could have gotten. You kind of try to put yourself in the right place and, you know, knowing your camera, knowing the settings to have, especially with shooting at night, you got to really kind of push the limits of your camera, I feel like. So definitely experience and like, you know, the more you do it, I think the more tricks you add and the the better chance you'll set yourself up for a good opportunity. When you're uh, there during a game, are there like very specific spots around the field you usually park or do you kind of just kind of go with the flow? Well, I start the game in the middle because of the starting 11 photo. And then I always love to get the team huddle at the start. And then when the match starts, they start the smoke bombs at the start. So I like to get that from the opposite side from kickoff. But then as the game progresses, I always want to catch a goal. That's You always want to catch those key moments. So I like to camp out by the the opposing goal for the most part. But then I always feel bad about, you know, not catching the defense and especially the keeper as much. So if we're up, I like to, to travel back and get some shots in Nate, you know. <laughs> yeah, he had an incredible season this year. No oh, doubt. yeah. Uh, speaking of that, it's been, that's one of the cool things about this season is kind of seeing these guys who have been with the team like five, six years kind of um, be a part of this professional team. Yeah, we had Trevor James on the show um, the week before the Anisha Championship game, and uh, he had a, a wonderful way of uh, describing uh, the, the players that have been along for the for pretty much the whole entire journey. That was a, a great conversation. He's he's really like tuned the guys up that were here up to a whole nother level while incorporating some some key new guys as well. It seems it's always great to hear his perspective. He's like has such a calm demeanor, but. Um... He commands a lot of respect from the guys. I was actually surprised to see him um, kind of, uh, he looked pretty, uh, I don't know if uptight's the right word, but definitely uh, more intense during that uh, independent cup game than I remember seeing him in the past. I was surprised to see that. Oh, really? Because he's, yeah, he seems so calm. I mean, he seemed very, very edgy in, against Buffalo, surprisingly. Huh. Yeah, it might have been just trying to figure out working because he subbed in a lot of uh, a couple of u23 players and maybe working with a different roster i don't know oh fair enough so that takes us to this year how did you feel like uh, uh the year off and what did that do to how, how you worked with missing for the most part of a season like you, you probably shot some games with no crowd and mm-hmm. then uh missed out a lot of games kind of how did how did you spend your 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 tw- before we get to this third third picture which is recent history um kind of how did how did your your 2020 go it, it was a challenge like for everyone but i was fortunate to be working to still have my nine to five job throughout the whole thing so still had that going and then um honestly i uh you know one of my hobbies is just riding my bike around detroit so i did a lot of a lot of miles bike riding <laughs> to stay active and just get outside but, you know, we did have the shortened season. The, the women only had two games. And then we had the just a really short 
regular season and independent cup with Nisa. But I was really fortunate through that to get connected with Nisa to shoot the fall tournament. So I shot, you know, not just DCFC, but every team in that tournament for Nisa. That was kind of a new, new experience, new challenge to going from shooting one team in DCFC, just focusing on them to kind of covering both sides of the action. Do you get uh, like a shot list sent to you or they just want, just cover it and, you know, just generally we'll, we'll get some good stuff or they have specific stuff they ask for you. They're pretty open. Like, and especially DCFC is pretty open at this point since I've been working with them for so long. It seems like you already have a mental shot list in your head. Yeah, definitely. There's like, you know, the the classic, the shots you get every game, the, the starting 11, the huddle, and then just try to focus on catching that moment. But yeah, with Nisa, I think they did request at least getting each team huddle or team photo. But then from there, just kind of general action. I, I, I have a kind of a... A different kind of question. So when you're you're shooting, do, uh, how far into the crowd do you look? And is there ever like what's like some of the craziest things you've seen if you are pointing your camera into the crowd? And is there ever a time where where you're like, I probably shouldn't take that picture? <laughs> Speaking of that, that kind of makes me laugh. Like the I think the news photographers have to be a little more careful about what they shoot as far as like middle fingers and. <laughs> I've heard a couple of news photographers complain about that because they can't publish it. But, uh, you know, I just, I shoot everything at the game. Kind of the fun part to me is kind of when I get these wide shots of the crowd and then you zoom in and you notice something you totally didn't even see when you took the photo. And I, I posted a few of those on Twitter and the uh, Northern Guard has some fun with it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's a, a, another question is one of the things that struck me about uh, following uh, your Twitter throughout the season was you took a picture. You said that you, you had the, uh, a, a different perspective and maybe the lighting was different on a certain night. Uh, you'll, I'll ask you to describe it, but you, I had a post where you caught the, uh, the Chrysler building in the background yeah. when your shots and that uh, you, you, you had, you had never captured that before. What, what was the story behind that? And how, how did that become a different thing that you saw? I might have, I've noticed it that you can sort of see it, but I don't know why I've just never, it's never been like a focal point of a shot. And I think, well, I think the main reason is once it gets completely dark, you don't really see it that well. So I usually am not in that spot at blue hour, but it turned out like, the blue hour is like the best time you can see it because you still get some of that natural light. And then you also get the lights from the skyscraper. Looking back at it, I'm like, well, I don't know how I didn't see that before, but I guess I just wasn't in the right spot before. And that kind of goes back to the days of Cast Tech and kind of missing that skyline view. But turns out we have at least a little bit of it from Keyworth. You know, I just found it uh, pretty pretty cool that someone like yourself that, that that's shooting all these games and you've been in there a few years that there there's some still things that uh, are exciting and catch you by surprise. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I think, you know, you're always always trying to find something new, even at, like you said, after shooting the same thing so many times, you still, there's something new every game. Basically. And speaking of something new, our third selected photograph that you sent over to me is a uh, very recent history uh, at the Nisa Championship game. A spectacular picture, so much color. The back of the captain raising the cup with uh, the Northern Guard and the 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 TFO in the background. D d describe that moment in that picture for me. I think that one I had to run over with both cameras because I 
I have two cameras. I've started doing that the past four or five years, I think, um, just to have, you know, you have the zoom lens and then the wide lens, which is what I used for that one. So the guys kind of ran over with the trophy and I ran behind them quick to catch up. It was right at that moment that Steve Carroll, after watching the video, I noticed he was near Northern Guard and then kind of backed up into the back with the trophy is kind of worked out perfectly in my favor for that photo that I was right behind him. And just, yeah, what I love about that shot is just seeing them being able to celebrate with the fans after this past year, you know, and shooting the, shooting the legends cup away and then shooting the fall tournament trophy celebration with, which was cool with all the confetti, but, you know, not the same with without the fans. I'm counting about uh, one, two, three, four, six different colors of smoke bombs scattered across that shot. And then all the stars across the, the, the top of the photo are absolutely stunning. Yeah, I think it's uh, like a water, a water champagne spray in the middle. Oh, those aren't stars. <laughs> no. I, I thought they looked incredibly vivid. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome if they were stars. But. Uh. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, I was thinking that it's awfully uh, cinematic with the uh, unstoppable TFO and the smoke, and then and having stars like just like twinkling down from above. But it, it's it, it has an amazing effect, a uh, um, uh, contrast to the dark on the top. It, it, it's absolutely stunning. One of uh, many fantastic photos. I, I mean, yeah, what's your process of of posting them? Because I see them so much. You just uh, go home at the end of the night and you're up for hours or what's that process of you've had a, 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 an awesome night. Obviously that Nisa championship game was like a homecoming that there was, I couldn't walk mm-hmm. 10 feet without another seeing another person. And then everyone was so happy at the end of it. It, it was such a, such an incredible evening. Like I walk us uh, uh, through your, uh, you, you just kind of talked about the game, but like, so after that game, like how do you go through and put it all together? To be honest, that's the hardest part you know, the shooting is, is easy in a way. <laughs> I don't want to say easy, but that's, uh, comes a challenge to choose out what to pose. First of all, what to, um, pick out to call out and then also what to post. So every game I'll spend some time in the press box or I think that game I was in one of the suites near the field. I'll spend time going through them, picking them out and I've become faster at that process than before. You kind of go back and forth because I think out of this one moment, I probably shot like 10 to 15 photos even of just this one moment. So going back and forth between each frame, like subtle differences picking out, but then trying to be fast to get it out on social media as well. So it's a, it's a process, but I've kind of learned some tricks on how to get quicker at it. Fortunately, I think I've made the right choice with this one. The fact that I, I only asked you shortly before this uh, conversation to to pick out a couple to, to, to talk about, and I, I credit <laughs> credit your organization that you were able to turn around and pick these out so quickly, because I can imagine with the you know the thousands of images you're describing that uh, it, could, it could be kind of unwieldy at some point. Yeah, definitely. That's where uh, social media does help, and having them on a website helps you you can kind of sometimes it's honestly faster to save it that way that rather than going back to my original folders even and in this uh nisa championship photo this third photo the 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 face that keeps on coming back to me i I love 
the shiny championship uh, trophy and all the color, but the player who's turning around over his right shoulder and smiling back, not directly at the camera, but back towards the camera, uh, right behind number number four, Manning. I don't. Do you know who that player is? He 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 couldn't look happier. Yeah, that's Darwin Espinal, and he's he's newer to the team. I think he joined halfway through the season. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that is like one of the reasons I picked this one over the one like half a second after this where he's looking ahead. Although Javi, Javi Batista, the assistant coach, had his hands up. So that was a nice part of the other frame. But I loved him looking back at Javi, seeing the joy on his face, I think added a, added a special element to this photo. So I'm glad you pointed that out. I can understand what you're, you're also pointing out, how you take the, the wide angles and then you can zoom in and just like scan across all the different reactions and everyone's wild face. And, and just so so um, surrounding the player, we were just speaking about the, that, the, that smiling face. There's so many people in the crowd that are equally as happy with their arms up in the background it's it's really great stuff thank you thank you yeah i was i was thinking about that as i when i sent it to you i was kind of looking at some of the ngs guys i know and it'd be fun to sort of do crops of each of their faces even at this point yeah have everyone in the crowd holding cutouts of their their own face in front of their face or something right (laughs) and i do have a a a guest question for you too from my second grader he asked me how many times have you coughed from smoke at the games um probably definitely not as much as uh northern guard because i'm not i'm not right in the middle of it so Really not that much, because a lot of times I'm kind of on the opposite side of the field. But I one speaking of cast tech days, there was I think actually the last match there. I was I was like I'm gonna go in the crowd and kind of get a feel for it. And the smoke was so crazy because it was the last match that I I almost felt like I couldn't breathe to be honest. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I came the first couple times I went, I was on that side. Call me soft, but I like looking at it better than breathing it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then uh, before I let you go, I really appreciate your time. This has been an awesome conversation. I feel like you probably have a wealth of Detroit City FC stories and you know history that we won't get to in this conversation just yet. But I wanted to ask, uh, what has seriously been the coolest thing that you've seen in your time so far? This this past championship was pretty special. Just like you said, as far as like the homecoming feel, the fall championship was also pretty special. You know, after COVID, not not even knowing we, if we would ha- have a season and then being able to host that tournament and win it, even though there were no fans. I keep going back to the uh, the Mondi photo in 2017, also because that was the first trophy that the club had won, um, other than the first league trophy the club had won. So, you know, it, we had always been a good team, but hadn't done well in the playoffs up until that point, and then just winning it in that, that stoppage time. and seeing the the reactions from that photo and the, and the call as well has, was pretty special. A special moment indeed. John DeBoer, the staff photographer Detroit City FC, thank you so much for your time and adding your perspective to Michigan Soccer Central podcast. For another week, my name is Robert Kerr. Special thanks to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program. Thank you to uh, Dan Catranza for the music, Dan Garnell for setting up this whole Michigan Soccer Central thing in the first place. Until next time, enjoy your soccer.